and welcome to Checking the Gate, a film and religion podcast. I'm Robert Wright Stasco. I am Michael M. Patty. And in this episode, episode 6-0, it, wow. it, it's taken us, what, six? Seven years to get to five years worth of monthly episodes. 6-0, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we are today talking about First Reformed, the independent movie starring Ethan Hawke, and... Amanda Seyfried. And... Les Mis. And Cedric the Entertainer in a dramatic turn. Yes, I guess when he does dramatic stuff, he uses a different name. Uh, I have it here. Cedric Antonio Kyles is how he's listed in the credits of First Reformed. And in TV Corner, we are talking about God Friended Me. The Is it a hit show? Is it a hit show? It got picked up for a full season. That's better than can so. be said for living biblically. Yes, a lot of... And some of the other shows that we have reviewed... That is starring... Brandon Michael Hall. Yes, Brandon Michael Sorry. Hall. Uh, Violet Bean, who Robert and I recognize from The Flash. And Siraj Sharma. And Joe Morton as the main character's dad. Yes, we love Joe Morton. Joe Morton turns in a star-caliber performance in everything he's in. Yeah, Was he in Smallville? I think he was in Smallville. That sounds right. I think he was Martian Manhunter in Smallville. No, that was that was Jackie Childs from Seinfeld. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, but I think he was on it. I think he was a scientist who was only in a couple of episodes of Smallville. But that's neither here nor there. We're, we are we are not here to discuss <laughs> Joe Morton's <laughs> filmography. I celebrate the man's entire catalog. He is he is uh, one of my favorite that guys. He is, yeah, and he's not even that guy. He's a he's a B lister. He's a name. Well, um, he is responsible for the world's demise. According to well, Terminator Two, <laughs> he's uh, Miles Dyson. Yeah, he's he's Cyborg's dad in Justice League, and that's right. Batman, yeah, in Batman v Superman. It's all right, one episode of Jag. He's um, a brother from another planet. Uh, that was before my time. Uh, he was in four episodes of Smallville. Okay, good. I was right about that. And two episodes of Touched by an Angel, as different characters. Oh yeah, it was probably like first season, yeah. last season sort of thing. Yeah, one episode of the X Files. Uh, oh, the, yeah. the the one with Robert Patrick, where you then realize they didn't have any screen time together in Terminator <laughs> 2. <laughs> I thought that uh, was so cool that they managed to get him on, though. I was delighted that he wasn't just threw him in yeah. and in of an course episode Eureka. or two. He is, oh, of course, of course Eureka. Eureka. Yes. Which my wife likes more than me. That was one my wife and I journeyed on together ourselves. Okay. We, we enjoyed that show as well. I tried. It's okay. Yeah. That's, you know, when, when the, the streaming thing first came out and you discovered the ability oh, yes. to binge. Oh, yes. And, you know, we, we did not only Eureka, but um, uh, Warehouse 13. I liked Warehouse 13 a lot more. Yeah, that was a fun show. And I loved H.G. Wells in that one. Oh, yeah. But I also liked Harrison Wells in The Flash and his daughter, Jesse Quick, who stars in God Friend of Me. See how I brought that back around? I was wondering where that was going. <laughs> Uh, that I'm, I'm proud of myself for that one. Well, anyways, let's uh, let's talk about first reformed. Yeah. So uh, now that now that we have gone through the Miles Dyson filmography. <laughs> <laughs> anyways. Yeah. First reform uh, with Ethan Hawke. Yeah. He plays uh, a minister of a small church. It's like the the white steeple church out in the middle of the woods. It's the oldest church in New York. It's coming on its two hundred fiftieth. 250th anniversary. It has no regular congregation to speak of. There's Yeah, there's like five people in there. He comes out 
read description, you know, typical yeah. Reformed church, you know, Calvinist, like four walls and a sermon is what they call it. Oh, you know, that's, okay. That's why there, there's no music or anything. You know, he just comes out, preaches, and then that's it. That's okay. the service. That, that That's like hardcore Calvinism right there. Okay, that's um, why they didn't bother fixing the organ until absolutely <laughs> necessary. Right, yes. Okay. See, I thought that was just, I didn't, I didn't get that. Yeah. I I thought that was just a a metaphor, which and, I'm sure it was too. Yeah, in the movie, I think it was. You know, there's no music, there's no joy. I mean, even in the movie, it's like yeah, desaturated of music and the well. Do you want to the you color hold correction off? is yeah. you know it's gray and it's dismal like a New York kind of winter. Yeah. You know, should we should we go back to the plot rundown before we start talking <laughs> yes. about the technical yes. stuff? Yes. Okay. Um, why don't you do that for us? Uh, it is about a reverend. He ministers to six or eight people on a Sunday, and uh, they show him giving tours of the church. That's pretty much all it's good for. Organs broken. Uh, they only have small-sized T-shirts, but it was <laughs> it was a stop on the Underground Railroad, and they still had they they fixed it up after a fire, and pretty much it that that's its claim to fame. That's why it's still there. It's been bought out by a mega church, and he, he's starting a diary uh, to talk about his experience as the pastor there. And then it, it turns into him writing about his health issues. And then after he confronts a parishioner who says she's pregnant, he goes to their house, and she tells him that the husband wants her to have an abortion. Because he thinks the environment is in danger and doesn't want to raise a child in the world we're going to live in in 2050, when she's going to be 33. Cut to the chase. They he they go to meet again, and he is uh, dead when he gets there by suicide. And yeah, they're meeting like out in a park somewhere. Yeah. And he just finds them there. Yeah, head blown off. Like that. That's why. That's the whole reason the movie is rated R because they yeah. they show a realistic looking gunshot wound. And in uh, the in the meantime, they had found his uh, vest. He was gonna go blow himself oh, up. Oh yeah, at a that's rally right. That's right. He he had a suicide vest in his garage that the wife finds, and apparently he found that it had been moved and goes and kills himself. I'm a little fuzzy on that. And yeah. I have a question for you later. Okay. After this, Ethan Hawke starts to look into what the guy had been getting into online, the stuff about the environment, the stuff, the, the damning evidence against the uh, parent, the, the churches, the, the mega churches uh, corporate sponsor yeah. and what they've been doing. And his health is getting, he's peeing blood and yeah, the they hint that he's got colon cancer. Something. Yeah, is that I I never got that they, a malignancy was the word I remember yeah. them using. Yeah, it, it's he's got colon cancer. Okay, he's it, he's gonna die. Really? Right. It, yeah, it, it's like late stage or yeah. He ignored he's got, it, and it's yeah. He's put. I mean, even if he hadn't ignored it, let's be honest. If yeah. he had colon cancer, yeah. It's, it's it's one of the things that they didn't start the they didn't start the chemo sooner is the only difference yeah. it would have made. Anyway, uh, so he's dying, and because the plot seems secondary on it, there's a there's a lot going on. Yeah, he he has trying to make a, a difference in Amanda Seyfried's life, her character, 
And yeah. at the same time, he's butting heads with the, the head of the corporation. Yeah. And at the same time, his health is getting worse. And at the same time, he's, he's drinking. Getting, he's drinking, which everybody tells me shouldn't. Uh, he's bawling out people who are trying to help him. He's getting more into the environmental activist mindset. And he, you know, like a good checkoff play, toward the end of the movie, he puts the jacket on. And this is at the at the toward the end. He's at the gonna, 250th yeah, uh, the whole, celebration. Yeah, through the whole movie, they're planning a 250th reconsecration of, yes. of First Reformed. It looks like he's going to blow it up. And I'm like, I don't remember hearing about this, so I, I don't know what's going to happen. And then at the end of the movie, Mary shows up, even though that she said she was going to skip town and go stay with her sister. She shows up, and he doesn't go through with it. He takes the vest off, puts barbed wire on, and bleeds himself, and then goes to drink Drain Cleaner brand Drain Cleaner. And <laughs> yes, did you did you notice yeah. that? Yeah, <laughs> and and then she comes in. He drops the glass. They start kissing, and the movie cuts to black and ends. Right. That's the plot. Yes. Now this is an independent film. I dare say it may be an art house film because yes. it was not done up like you know, we're a long way from Training Day. <laughs> yeah. That's that's what I kept coming. I didn't see Boyhood. But I guess Boyhood was kind of independent too. Yeah, Training Day was the like the biggest big movie I could think of that had Ethan Hawke in it. Yeah, uh, we're a long way from Training Day. Yeah, first of all, he was really good in this. He, I totally bought him as as a drinking priest, and he was really good when he was like on the level and given the like I said good counsel. Yeah, you know, I totally bought like man. This I wished he was my priest. He's totally making me feel better about the environment. Yeah. And I, then later well, on, as we as we watch him go on this guy's laptop and write and listen to what he's writing in his diary, and you you buy it. You see him struggling with what he counseled against. You see him. And it, it mentions in the course of the movie that he lost a son in in war. Yeah, like he encouraged like, them to yeah. join the military because everyone else in his family. Yeah, had. and you—that's not at the fore, but you feel that it, loss in him the whole movie. It informs yeah. what happens in yeah. the movie, having that in the background, and and then it'll come up out of the blue. Yeah. You know, Cedric the Entertainer, that's what I'm going to keep calling him, sorry, Yeah. Um, says, you know, you don't know what it's like to raise a kid these days. And he says, I raised a kid. Like, oh, right. <laughs> um, yeah. It informs his character, where yeah. he's at now. And all without seeing his wife or his child. With, with, with having that in the, even mentioned I'm, in dialogue. I, I like how they didn't have to flash back to that. No. All you needed to do was talk about it and... He portrayed that like he yeah. wore it like when he was sitting down and talking with uh, Mary's husband and he's going on about the environment and he's like, you know what? This is this is new. You're right about this. But the darkness that face men, that's always yeah. been there. That's always been with yeah. us. And that, that was really well written, too. Yeah. And that's that's the kind of thing a good pastor does. He's like, okay, let's cut the crap of what you're really worried about. The heart of the matter is you don't feel any hope. And. God can give you that hope. And he's like, well, let's talk again. Cause he knew he wasn't going to 
yeah. talk them out of it. And but by that time, it was too late. Those things do happen, and I think just seeing yeah. this man dying there brought up those feelings of. I mean, you can see it on his face when he discovered him. He's like, he's feeling that death of his son yeah. all over again, and that's impacting him. Yeah. And he's looking at his own mortality, his own death, the death of the world. He's he's feeling that darkness, that blackness creeping on, and he, like, delves into it. He keeps going on the Internet, and and that's, like, the one of the few times there's, there's actually a musical score is when he's online looking at the videos of all the horrible things happening. This is this very low sort of, um, you know, ambient, kind of score like you have in like Blade Runner uh, mm-hmm. you know both of them you know it has that sort of thing and it's just this kind of pulsing the mood tones yes and you know back and forth between just like two bass notes and a few eerie things on top and it you feel that like ugh, you know <laughs> I, I want to talk about how the movie was shot it yeah. was it was written and directed by Paul Schrader, who is a a veteran of the film industry. He wrote the screenplay for Last Temptation of Christ, oh, so he okay. he he is no stranger to the checking the gate institution. I like I like um, that one too. Uh, he also did Dominion, a prequel to The Exorcist, the one that was canned and then later released. Oh yeah, <laughs> because went you know, through a lot of reshots. Yeah, they they made it, didn't like it, reshot yeah. it. That one sucked, and then they released. Dominion, a prequel to The Exorcist, or maybe I'm getting it backwards. I don't remember. There was a couple there, that came. They out. did two it, of them. Yeah, they did two of them. Yeah. And the only thing they had in common was Paul Bettany, and <laughs> one of them was directed by Paul Schrader, who wrote and directed yeah. First Reformed. And it, it, the first thing, the very first thing that struck me was the aspect ratio. Now I have a 66 inch 4K television in my basement, which is. <laughs> Which yes. is uh, that the I may have mentioned it before on the podcast because I I've gotten it since we started recording. I won it at my uh, company Christmas party two years ago. Uh, uh, two years ago tomorrow is when I put it together. Actually, <laughs> it was on my it was on my birthday, twenty sixteen, and uh, so I watched it on there. And the first thing I noticed was it's not widescreen. It is not widescreen. I'm like, uh oh, did did Amazon screw up? Did I change a setting somewhere uh i went to google immediately and sure enough it is shot in 1.37 to 1 yeah which is old what they called academy standard it's the aspect ratio of the old black and like casablanca and king kong the way they look like they're tv uh, old tv size yes what Citizen Kane, Citizen and Kane, the Magnificent Emerson. What is called um, full frame on yeah. your fancier DVD packages? <laughs> yeah, there's something wrong. There's these bars on the side of my screen. Oh my god! I hate to say it, those people were right. Black bars are annoying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just—they have to be on the top and bottom, not yeah. on the sides. Yeah. So it was the right aspect ratio. And well, uh, and you warned me ahead of time. Yeah, I, I I texted Robert. You know, don't be alarmed. It looks full screen. It's supposed to be. Yeah. Well, let me tell you about my experience. Um, I got this on uh, Fandango now because they had it on sale. And oh I yeah. Where, I got it for like seven bucks because I knew. Oh good, I thought you paid ten. No. All right. It, it was like a half price thing, and I was like, yeah. oh, I I know we're gonna review this, so yeah. I get, so I I got it on Fandango now, but because it's Lionsgate. I think. It's not movies anywhere. That's right. So it it wouldn't 
port to like Vudu or yeah. Movies Anywhere or where I can watch it on my TV. And so, then it shows up on Amazon like a month later. Yeah. Well, I watched it on my phone because I paid for it. I'm going to watch it on there. So I watch it on the small screen. <laughs> yeah. And it reminded me of the show. You ever watch like The Great Space Coaster? Oh, God. When it was first on. Yes. Wow. Wow. Okay. So follow No good news is good good news. With Gary Gnu. That's right. <laughs> and remember the part where they had the magic screen? The guy pulled out this little thing and he put a movie in and you could watch cartoons. Oh, my God. Yes. I remember I, w- I looked that up on YouTube and I'm like, man, when I was a kid, I thought it'd be great to have something small you could hold in your hand. You could just watch cartoons. <laughs> and oh, my God. I'm living the dream. <laughs> Canadian television for the win, ladies and oh, gentlemen. Oh, yes. <laughs> I'm and pretty sure Grace Face Coaster was Canadian. Probably. Hey, <laughs> eh? But anyways, oh, yeah. I thought of that, and that uh, furthered my enjoyment of watching First <laughs> Reformed on the very small screen uh, in, you know, wow, in, uh, in Academy, Academy Ratio. Yeah. yeah. So I found an article from filmschoolrejects.com, which yeah. is a, a noted film blog website. And it talked about even before I I would watch this was at the you know I the, the credits started I saw how the movie was and I paused it so this is before I've watched any of the movie, and it it talks about the relationship between the fact that it's shot in Academy standard and how the like how it's framed, and having watched the movie, it couldn't have been widescreen, it it because it's all about getting close up right to what's going on and even the manner in not not even the aspect ratio but the way it's shot it's there are a lot of just still life frames especially at the beginning there are shots of the things in the church the old uh civil war flag or um, revolutionary maybe yeah even, because if it was it has, 50 years ago yeah it had the the union jack yeah on it, so yeah the, the pamphlets, did you notice the very first pamphlet was about uh, end of life? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's important. <laughs> uh, it had, like, like they a lot of shots were on tripod and were still and were just, the camera didn't move. Even when people were moving, there were scenes where people were out of frame and it's all about, like uh, it's a lot of close-ups and it's a lot of full body shots. Yeah. Um there were there were uh, several shots where people were just standing in the fr- and you could see mm-hmm. head to foot. And the and characters. What, and what struck me is even with the smaller ratio the sense of emptiness. Yeah. You I know, wasn't going to mention that but you're right. When Ethan Hawke is first counseling uh, the guy, and you see him, he's in a chair, and the guy's at his desk, and they're facing each other, and it, it it's very there's a whole lot of space between them, and you, that's uh, emphasized when um, the character Mary comes in and gives them both some tea. She kind of walks in the room, hands them tea, and then just like walks out, and there's just still this big space between them, and even in their dialogue, there's space. He goes to the Abundant Life Church, you know, the big mega church that uh, Cedric the Entertainer's character runs. And, you know, he's counseling him and pastoring him. And he walks in and you see, like, it's a shot very high up in the sanctuary. And And it's empty. Oh, okay. And there's just, like, the one woman there who he has this weird kind of relationship with. They'd had sex. Just once. Probably just once. Yeah. 
and uh, like good Protestants do. And <laughs> sorry, <laughs> there's there's a Monty Python reference there. If you caught that, did not. But uh, anyways, I'll I'll explain it to you later. Thank you. About sex or about Monty Python? About Monty Python. Okay, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> anyways, uh, there's like five people there singing like an old hymn, and it's beautifully done. But it even the arrangement is sparse. You know, you, mm-hmm. it, you're not talking like a full yeah. gospel choir. There's like it's like five kids. Yeah. And they're doing like a three-part harmony, I think. I have to listen to it again. But it's very, very sparse. And you're drawn to that because he sits down and they, he watches them. And this was like, you know, you have the full body shot of all these kids in this huge, empty chamber. And you get the close-up on him. And there's this moment where you've had this kind of absence of music for most of the film. And then they're singing this song. Yeah. And when they sing, it's a cappella. There's yeah. no... There's no diegetic music. Uh, I don't know. There what might that be means. some. <laughs> I think I'm. I might. I might be getting the terms wrong. I'm sorry. Film school was a long time ago. <laughs> diegetic music is music like score music that the characters can't hear. Okay. Um, the Imperial March. Yeah. Non-diegetic music. If I'm getting the terms correctly. Right is music in like when somebody is singing and playing instruments in the movie that the characters can hear. Sort of like in American Graffiti where ever like the music was supposed to be coming out of the cars as they're yes. and the music at you know the jukeboxes yeah. and the radios and everything. Yeah. And, and I I might be yeah. getting I might be mixing them up and if so I apologize. Uh please if anybody listening to this uh knows which it is without me having to pick up my phone and stop recording for two <laughs> minutes. Uh please give us some feedback uh, on our Facebook page. Dig out your film school books. Yeah. I know it's here somewhere. Yeah. I do that a lot with my theology stuff. It's oh. Like, oh, I know I know where this is at. No, I don't. Somewhere in here. <laughs> yeah, that's about right. So uh, I remember learning it and I know there's a difference and I know what the difference is. But But anyways, yeah, that that sense of space was just fantastic in there. And there I, was I, there I, was the one shot where I, I don't want to call it sledgehammery in a movie that's as it, subtle and understated as this one. Yeah. But there was the one overhead shot facing where the welcome mat for abundant life was facing the door. Oh, oh yeah, it, yeah. And it appeared upside down in the frame. Yeah. You know, there were some <laughs> I don't want to say sledgehammery because the whole the whole rest of the movie is subtle and understated. But there were a few let's call them obvious symbols. Yeah. Like the upside down welcome mat. The funeral service. The funeral oh my service. Gosh. Where apparently that was a real Neil Young song. That yeah. wasn't just something that they made up for the movie, which is what I thought. No. And just, yeah. Because it's so on the nose. Yeah. You know. The way they vacillate between the, the very dissonant verse and the very uh, melodic and beautiful chorus was just yeah. very striking and yeah, that I think that's not an arrangement that they use there, yeah. but that was again acapella. This fantastic yeah. there. Despite my having just said a second ago that the film was subtle and understated, do you want to talk about the one special effects scene? Yes. In the movie, I, I have to admit it struck me by surprise, and I I laughed out loud when it happened. Mary tells the Reverend that she and her husband 
used to smoke a joint, lay down on the floor fully clothed, and make as much contact with each other as they could and just let existence wash over them. So, Yeah, they called it the Magical Mystery Tour. Thank you. So she and the Reverend decide to do this. They're laying down on the... And you can see they're laid out horizontally in the frame. And then they start levitating. Yes. And it's it's clear that it's not literal. That it's metaphorically what they're both going through. And you see water and mountains and blue skies. And then the camera's moving around them. And it, it, it slowly we start to see cars in a traffic jam. And it's clear it's what's going on in his head. Polluted water factories billowing pollution and tire fires tire fires yeah that's 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 what's on his mind now not i want to bang this hot widow but we're all going to hell and i think that informs the last scene yes clearly let's talk let's jump ahead to the last scene because in in the meantime he's gotten called out on the carpet for what goes on at the funeral because the the it's corporate, political yeah the corporate boss sees it as a political statement against pollution which of course being a movie corporate boss he's in favor of pollution so he's got that to deal with and he's got uh his diminishing health and Cedric calls him into his office to say hey after this after the reconsecration you're going to rehab or maybe we'll send you to Guatemala to be a missionary yeah and get yourself fixed we will help you yeah Uh, we Uh, we care about the environment but you don't live in the real world and you know what even though Ethan Hawke is the main character everything everything Cedric says is true and right even though I, he's on the payroll, yeah, everything he says is right. And I like that he's like, Christ didn't die for you to suffer. He suffered so you wouldn't have to. I mean, yeah. he, he suffered in the garden, you know, but he also, he was on the mountaintop. Yeah. He went, he was in the temple. He yeah. was, you did all these other things, but you, you're in that garden suffering all yeah. the time. <laughs> and even. And that, that and was some, that was I, some truth, speaking truth and love. Yeah. I liked it. And yes, humans are damaging the environment. Climate change is 100% real. But you don't fight it with negativity. Right. Like like what Mary's husband and Reverend Toller were going to do. Yeah. You don't fight it with suicide bombs. Yeah. And, and you, fight it, you fight it by preaching yeah. and, and being positive. Yeah. And... And calling out the injustice, not by making more injustice. Right. And so the end of the movie, like, you see the suicide vest early on. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> I wonder where that's getting used. Yeah. But I have a question. Ch- check off the suicide check vest. Check off suicide vest. I have a question. Didn't he leave the vest with Mary? How did he end back up with it? Did I just forget that? I no, don't remember he, he, him he, taking it. He said, uh, I'll take it. I'll dispose of it. I'll- All right. I... So See, I, I stopped. I stopped halfway through. Yeah. I I watched half the movie and then I stopped to go spend time with my family over Christmas break. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, that you're living the life. You've, you've and, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> you've taken the moral of the movie, I think. But and go uh, ahead. Yeah. And so then I came back to the movie and I, I must have forgotten. I thought he left the vest with her, 
because they were talking about you know like if it's not if it's not dangerous like put chemicals on it so it won't blow up so i forgot he had it yeah he okay. took it and he's like well if you find anything else like bury it or burn oh, is that, it or oh, that's, something that's yeah. what it was that's what he's it was like, okay. you know after he d- after the husband died he's like you know clear out his office you know even though yeah. it's cut and dried you know you don't want the police yeah. looking too deep into into yeah. you so so the suicide vest shows back up in his possession yeah. He's going to blow everybody up at, at the, the reconsecration. And then Mary shows up, and he's like, I'm not going to blow her up. Because yeah. she said, oh, I'm going to come to support you. He's like, no, don't. Go to your sisters. Just go. Yeah. He's got this despair. He doesn't see any hope. He's dying. He doesn't want to go through all that. He doesn't want to face yeah. up to the consequences of his actions. And he wants to take the church lady that he had. He thought they had sinned. Let, let me go back, because this is kind of relevant to this. Yeah. He was ashamed of their relationship, and then at one point when she calls him on not on neglecting his health and not getting checked up, he yells at her and says he despises her. Yeah. Which, he was totally drunk then, right? Yeah. Okay. He had to have been. So she's in the audience. Uh, Cedric the Entertainer, who had just told him to go to rehab and get himself clean and checked out, was in the audience. The corporate polluter guy was in the audience. Yeah. So he wanted to take all of them out. Yeah. And, of course, the youth choir and everybody else, he didn't care at that point. Yeah, there's, like, the mayor and the... Th- and it's important because yeah. at one point... The mayor the movie, and the governor. Yes. He's, he's putting on the vest, and he's quoting this part from Ephesians yes. 6. Finally, yes. be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. You know, and I think he... There's they, nothing in that that speaks to violence. Well, I I think they cut the they cut that verse short. Oh, okay. They, they cut it... Uh, I, I think... I have to watch it again. But they cut verse 12 in half. They end it... But our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world. And they end the quote there. Uh-huh. You know, they don't talk about spiritual forces of evil. They, well, you know, even I, even when they rattled it off, and yeah, like he's using that as a justification. That's not the armor. Yeah. Of, the armor of the Lord is not a suicide vest. No, it is That's, not. <laughs> like even I could tell that you say they cut it in half. Even I could tell. Yeah, you know. And and this is just a small thing. He makes a quote from the Book of Revelations, yeah. and I'm like, Oh my God, I caught that too. Yeah. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> Uh, one movie, please get that right someday. I think we did one that they said Revelation, and we right. cheered. Yeah. But there's uh, an episode of Highlander the series called Revelation Six Eight, and that's where I learned it was Revelation and not Revelations. Ah, so I don't know what the quote is. I just you, know Highlander. that's the title. See, of there the can episode. be only one show yes. that gets it right. <laughs> yes, there can. <laughs> but uh, anyways. So he, yeah, he, see, the, he sees her and he's like, he can't blow him up. So he gets his barbed wire. Yeah. And meanwhile, Cedric the Entertainer's like knocking on his door, like because uh, where he lives, like right next to the church. So yeah, he's, he's in the rectory. His, yeah, he's, right next to the church. He's knocking on the door. So meanwhile, he's putting barbed wire on, and he's putting a, he put a robe over that, and he pours himself the drain cleaner brand drain cleaner. Yes. <laughs> in the Drano bottle. In but, the Drano bottle. But the, we're not going to call it Drano. Yeah. Because then we have to pay that corporation some money. Yeah. And we can't do that. Or you don't want to be associated with suicide methods. Either. Yeah. Yeah. So here's my take. Yeah. So should we should we describe what happens first? Yes. He. he yeah. 
he doesn't answer the door for Cedric the Entertainer, but Mary comes over and he lets her in and they start kissing and cut. But she away. just wanders in. He doesn't let her in. Oh, you're right. The door is locked and she just comes in. I totally missed that. So here's my interpretation of the ending. He's got colon cancer or something. Uh, he drinks that Drano. It's killing him. Those, he, and he, oh. remember the thing? He's like, what's the last thought you have before you put a gun to your head? Is it be with me, Jesus? Is it, oh, look, half my head's gone? You're it's, absolutely right. He he put the barbed wire on, drank the Drano, and fell over and was dreaming he, about banging the pot widow, wasn't he? Yes. And then in the middle mm. of them kissing, the, the cameras, they mentioned yeah. this in the article, uh, the the camera is suddenly loosed and it's doing you know a dolly right. shot around them and there's okay. spinning around and then cut to black and you got like a full like five or six seconds of black. Yeah, he's yeah. dead. That's You're my right. that's my inter- You're that's absolutely my interpretation. Right. That's okay. not the cheery happy ending that I th- yeah. Here's because Robert and I were talking before we started <laughs> recording. Like I wasn't sure the, because the whole. It's a super serious movie. The the way it, it leads, he's put on the suicide vest, and it's, you know, heavy drama. And then it ends with her coming in and them kissing. And it's like, I'm not sure why he would go that route. Because, it, it is, but, I mean, it's earned. It, there's no deus ex machina. Because we've established that he, you know, they, they did the, the laying on each other thing. So it, it it's not... It doesn't come out of nowhere. It, it's it's in character, and then it ends suddenly. It's just it, it was weird, and I wasn't sure what he meant by it. And I totally missed that she got in through a locked door. And I think Robert's absolutely right. <laughs> that was I mean that was my gut feeling in a movie like this dark and this empty. Yeah, it, yeah. That was like no. That you're was right. Like his occurrence at Owl Creek Bridge. Shame, you know, shame on me <laughs> or Brazil. Brazil yes. does the same thing, but then they yeah. show you they show you what really happens. Yeah, but the I, I think the 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 silent black screen. Yeah, is like that's the end. Yeah, that is the end. And then you have yeah. the, he drinks it, drops the glass, and then sees her. And then and maybe regrets it. I don't know. Maybe regrets it. Then you have that pulsing I do dark remember thinking ambient music again yeah. over the credits I do remember thinking I hope he's not still wearing the barbed wire when they're hugging and of, <laughs> and of course he was because she wasn't really there and I'm thinking man they're really going at it doesn't he taste like Drano <laughs> well no because he never drank it but, well I was thinking he never I so, think yeah. he did drink it. I think you're you right. know, or he, or he bled out yeah either I think yeah both I mean yeah, he had internal and external bleeding from yeah. all that, and that's why he he went like that. So wow, that was that was a tough movie. That was, but I liked it. Was, it. it I was, liked it. I the word I kept coming back to was interesting. Yeah, I was I was watching it, and just even though we were seeing you it, know guys' heads blown off and the emaciated polar bear on his laptop, yeah, and. Those people that he was, that the guy was mentioning in his study that were martyrs for, those were real people. Yeah. Oh, really? At least the nun from Ohio was. That sounded familiar, so I looked it up, and she was real. I assume the couple was, too. The the things that it had to say were interesting, and you're not sure if you're supposed to be on his side. I don't think so. 
Yeah. I, I think even though he was the protagonist, in as much as a protagonist who, you know, moped about and killed himself, apparently, yeah. can be a protagonist, it, I it, I think it's a, you know, what not to do. I think it's an example of, of be him at the beginning of the movie. Don't give in to the despair yeah. is the message. I That's my takeaway. I'm sorry. Uh, I, I to watch God friended me. Um, I I signed up with a CBS All Access, and because Mike has been cajoling me for months, <laughs> I watched Star Trek Discovery. Because I, I watched think the cajoling first... is a little hard of a word, but I told him I liked it. It and was prodding he me. Give it another chance. It was prodding me. Okay, we'll go with that. Prodding. That's fair. Cattle prodding me. <laughs> he was. He set the agonizer on me. You will watch this show. <laughs> No. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's. <laughs> a... oh, well, at the beginning, it felt like agony, but it, it <laughs> I, I will say it did get better. And I, I was thinking just now of the ending speech that Michael Burnham gave of like when you when you look of uh, fear and what do you say to fear? You say no. You say yes to the goodness, and it was like the 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 last hurrah speech. You know, kind of um, what we wanted to get at the very end of Enterprise, and they never, <laughs> you know, they never followed through on that. Yeah, so, that whole last episode of Enterprise about him giving a speech that's not shown. Yeah, that was like the worst episode ever. Sorry, but in a in a series full of bad episodes. So, so I will I will say, you know, I it you have to give Star Trek a chance. It takes sometimes a season or two to get going. And it, it got about halfway through the first season where I was like, okay, I, I like, like the, the one with uh, Saru on the planet where I need to rewatch that when I slept through it the first time or where, you know, the, it was vibrating and they yeah. were going to use it to no, find I know the which one you I know which one you mean that one. It was like, okay, this feels like Star Trek. And then I was good. But anyways, yes, I, what you were saying about the end of this movie is, you know, don't give in to the darkness. That was, it, it let me to think of the end of Star Trek Discovery. And that's what it was. Don't give in to the darkness. And, uh, and you have to, you have to hold on to your faith because there's those times where you talk about the, the dark night of the soul. That's, that's actually a, a thing. There's a book a guy wrote where he was like in Spanish prison in the Inquisition, I think. I have to go back to I have to dig out that book in my pile. <laughs> and and he didn't yeah. expect it. Yeah, it was it was you know, we go through these parts where, you know, there you have um that that shining time where God is bright and you're and you feel his presence and then maybe you don't see God so much, you don't feel his presence, but he's he's still shining bright you know or maybe he's maybe there's darkness you know and but you still kind of feel god's presence and then maybe you feel god's presence but it's dark and it's it's he's convicting you of something you know it's shining that that light into your soul that you don't want to be shown and maybe ethan hawk was feeling that at the beginning of the movie but then as it goes on he, he goes into the dark night of the soul where you don't feel god's presence you don't see him you're in the darkness and all you have to do is hold on to that hope and the faith, even though you don't see it. That's where your faith is really tried and tested. And I think he failed. That's where you have to hold on the most. That's where you have to go back to that experience. Like, I know God is there. That's what the book of Revelation was written for, was that hope in the time where you don't see any hope. 
I, I like this movie because it it shows you how to do that by showing you exactly how not to do that. Yeah. Like you said, it was like what not to do. It's it's tough love. It's hard to it's yeah. It's kind of hard to watch, especially once you know what happens. It was incredibly well done and well written and well acted and yeah, powerful. So your final judgment on First Reform? It's not what I thought it was going to be like at all. I thought it was going to be more like he hears that the parishioner was going to do something and then has to break some vows to prevent it. That's what I had in my head that it was going to be. But it ended up being more cerebral and thought-provoking. We've done Fireproof, Two Left Behinds, Two Gods Not Deads. This was a refreshing change of pace. Yeah. In, in, yeah, in a, in a year marred by a plethora of bad films, I've seen so many articles going on about how horrible some of these movies were. Like, oh, that reminds Happy me. Happy Time Murders yeah. and uh, the new one, Sherlock Holmes. That reminds me, like, we're, we're going to go see Holmes and Watson instead of Bumblebee tonight. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, <sighs> people are tweeting, like, I'm, I'm leaving 10 minutes in this movie. It's so bad. <laughs> I still want to see it, but maybe not in the theater. No, 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 no. No, and I'll and, check know, out. And, I'll and, check out Happy Time Murders when it's streaming. Yeah, and then there's God's Not Dead three, which ended up oh, on a couple. That's lists on I Netflix. Saw. That's on Netflix. Yeah, now. a couple of the bottom of the barrel lists. So, listeners, I am recorded as saying, I I believe my exact words were, we quote, we sure as hell aren't going to do a potential God's Not Dead three. However, <laughs> I feel like we have to. I feel like we need to tear it apart because it's going to be more yeah. the same. Uh, anyway, we're we're getting off track here. We can save God's Not Dead three for yeah. after TV corner. Yeah, but so, in, in yeah. contrast, I've yeah. seen this movie on people's best of the year list. This took me by yeah. surprise because, yeah. it, like I said, it wasn't what I thought it was going to be, and it it was just like everything about it—the cinematography, the writing, the acting—just struck me. Yeah, and like I talk about the the emptiness that was in a lot of the movies. Like, there's one part where he was in like a a circle where people, all the teens, were talking. Yeah, and, and they're in this very large empty room, and they're sitting in the middle of it. And you know, I was there's all this empty space, but yeah. it because I think because yeah, of that aspect we ratio, even... ratio, every space felt full. You know, there it was full of the emptiness. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yes. <laughs> yes. Having seen the movie, yes. You know, and that was just gorgeous. You know, it, it's yeah. uh, the kind of filmmaking that, you know. Yeah. It's grown-up filmmaking. Yeah. We didn't even talk about that scene because, you know, what they're discussing, the the entitled millennial who thinks it's yeah. God's mission to make them successful. Yeah. Wow. And yeah, there's so many little things that we can yeah, every little scene has something of religious yeah. significance or political significance that we could probably go on another hour about, and and that's what a good movie does. It, it gives you something to look at and examine and ponder and yeah. question. And it's not quite like you know Requiem for a Dream where you you watch it once and then you never want to watch it again. I want to watch this one again and kind of pick up on some of those things that I missed and, I, and delve deeper into, you know, the, the cinematography and, you know, cause 
the the first time you watch a movie, you you kind of see the surface of it. Mm-hmm. And this is one that makes you want to delve deeper into yeah. it, you know. See like, it again for nuance. Yeah, like Blade Runner and Blade Runner 2049, you want to, you know, delve into it that way. So, yeah, this one I'm I'm glad I purchased it so I can I will not not it's not going to be one I, I watch like perennially like Star Wars or <laughs> Lord of the Rings or like all like 37 uh Marvel movies, you know, <laughs> I'm gonna, you know, but it's one I, I think I will return to and be like, yeah, this is good, you know, like it'll be up there with like Citizen Kane and Casablanca, and you and know. you can watch them all on the same aspect ratio. Yes, <laughs> on my little magic screen. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so uh, for a palate cleanser, let's move on into TV corner and talk about God Friended Me. <laughs> Right, and and we're back from that music break. All right, God Friend of Me, a CBS show. Yeah, it's uh, I don't what what. How do we want to start? What do we want to say? It's on. Uh, I've been watching it on CBS All Access, which I signed back up for because Star Trek Discovery is coming back next month, and I got an email saying I could have a free month if I signed back up. So I thought, hey, I need to watch a CBS show. This is the perfect time. Yes, and I did the same thing. I. It was and, uh, around. It was around the Black Friday time, I think. They had. Yeah. I got. I got like three months of Spotify for ninety nine cents each, nice. and then a free month of CBS, and so that was my Black yeah. Friday spur- okay. splurge there. Are Are you happy with uh, Spotify? Do you have like the family plan, or is it just you? It's just me. Okay, we have Apple Music, and it's. Me, Tammy, yeah. and Zoe can all use it. It's fourteen ninety nine a month, and it's it's great. Yeah, well, they've got just about everything. They're yeah, well, I have the Amazon Music, and that has mm-hmm. a lot of things. But Spotify had something that the other ones didn't have, and that was was um, it King Crimson? No, it was David Byrne. Really? Yes. Really. Amazon Music didn't have. Yeah, it was. Okay. Apple Music did. It was the full score of his movie True Stories, which is also being released by Criterion. Which you're gonna I'll have pick, to that pick up. up. Okay. Yeah, yeah, because the original DVD release was in full frame. but unlike first reformed it was not shot in academy standard no it was pan and scanned yeah so they released like the full soundtrack which is uh gorgeous and uh, i listened to that on spotify and uh, i'm gonna i gotta get that new blu-ray yeah so you have uh, john goodman singing people like us good stuff okay uh, so, God Friended Me <laughs> is Anyways. a show on CBS. It's in its first season. Which we streamed. Which we streamed. You know, I can't be watching shows on live TV. It'd be in front of the TV at 8 p.m. and then wait for all the commercials. And that's that yeah. doesn't fit my lifestyle. No. Commercials. God, I and, can't live with commercials anymore. And they're still... I, I signed up for the limited commercial plan. But I'm not... I can still watch it when I want. Yeah. That's what's important. Anyway... It stars Brandon Michael Hall and Violet Bean, who was on The Flash, Robert Jesse Quick. The Flash, and uh, Joe Morton, who I don't know if he's going to leave in the discussion of Joe Morton's filmography from earlier in the episode. Uh, yeah, we don't need to go rehash that. Okay. We love you, Joe Morton. And uh, the plot of the series in the first episode is a 
podcaster who he's a he's a telemarketer by day. I like him already. He's a podcaster. He's a telemarketer <laughs> by day, a podcaster by night, and his podcast is the Millennial Prophet, which is basically him talking about why he's an atheist. Um, allegedly, he has sort of a following. I, I'm not sure what kind of market there is for that. It sounds kind of like one note, but whatever. Um, kind of like film and religion? We've done 60 episodes about film and religion, so who am I to talk? <laughs> um, and he is on the verge of signing with a podcast distributor when God friends him. Spoiler alert, God friends him. And he doesn't really? know. Yeah, he doesn't. He thinks oh. it's a prank. And it turns out he's there to do somebody a good turn by finding her mother and reuniting them. And it turns out she is. She works for a blogging site, kind of like Mashable or BuzzFeed. She writes articles for a high circulation blog. Circulation? Yeah. View count. High view count blog. Uh, click? Uh, click count? Clickbait? Sure, okay. <laughs> they don't use the word clickbait on the show. <laughs> just, I'm just saying they don't use the word clickbait on the show. God friended me, and you won't believe what happened next. <laughs> Ten ways in which God helped me help other people. Yeah. <laughs> I reconnected with my estranged dad in th- by following these ten steps, and you can too. <laughs> oh wow! Uh, so anyway, he meets he meets Violet Bean, and they end up helping people because God. And all the whole time, they're trying to solve their family dramas over the course of eleven episodes that have aired so far. Yeah, they've got family drama that's going on, and they're also trying to track down who runs the God account. Take a drink every time they say "got account." Yeah, uh, their friend Rakesh. He's uh, yeah. He works the, with yeah. He's the convenient can hack anything. He's the guy in the chair. Yeah, but doesn't yeah, yeah he, can can hack anything, but uh, still has a day job. Yeah, um, he he helps. Uh, he's helping them track yeah. down who's behind the and, account. And all his friends are super hackers. Yeah, um, and meanwhile he's estranged from his dad. And I I, I like this. They get no. it gives the series a little depth. Um, like say like Kevin saves the world. There was this conceit like he oh, tried to kill himself or something. I forgot and about Kevin to... saves the world. Yeah, that was in every way that that show fell flat. Yeah, this one succeeds. Yes, you're absolutely right. Uh, because I a hundred percent. I hadn't even. Kevin Saves the World was so unmemorable, I hadn't even... <laughs> you forgot about it already. <laughs> yes. No, that's that's exactly what happened. But uh. you're right. It was almost the exact same conceit, except it was an angel. And once again, Robert has come to the rescue. I apologize for my poor performance on this episode. <laughs> so, yeah, Miles, he's doing the podcast, and over the course of the show, he kind of changes his thing like... You know what? Maybe there's something to this. Maybe we could have a conversation because he's estranged from his father, played by Joe Morton, who is a pastor of a church. And everything about that conflict felt real um, because of the quality of the acting. I mean, um, Brandon Michael Hall, he's fantastic in the show. And uh, his sister is, uh, she's gay, and she just moved in with her girlfriend. and Who was also on The Flash. That's right. 
I had I had to right. look up where I saw her. Before. Yeah. So he's he's like, Dad, why are you okay with her? But like, I'm an atheist and we can't talk. You know, the, and there's a you know that thing going on. And the reason why he turned his back on God is because his mother was dying of cancer, and that might seem cliche, but she got better and then she got killed in a car accident by a drunk driver on her way home from the hospital. <laughs> that is, I think the super irony that he's like, you know what, forget this. You know, I'm I'm done with faith. I'm done with God. Because that's, I think, what sets the show apart was that extra layer yeah. of, like, oh, that, that look, forget that. Because we've seen, like, oh, I'm dying of cancer thing, and I have lost hope. Like in the last movie that we just saw. But over the course of the show, he works through this. And, you know, by helping people... You know, he even though he loses like half his audience, he's gained. He starts gaining more through um, through everything. And there's yeah. also like the the romance between his character Miles and um, Violet's character Kara. You know, or will they, won't they, sort of thing. Yeah. And, you know that carries on through the end to, to like the very last episode. You know, she had she was reconnecting with an old boyfriend, but then they broke up again. Um, so yeah. So there's that stuff. There's that that there's, keeps you interested. Yeah. There's what is the God account? There's the family drama. Like I watched one where his uncle stole a bunch of money from the church fund and Yeah, yeah. Um, so there there's there's interpersonal drama, there's family drama, and, and then, then there's like they go around helping strangers. It's it's the quantum leap it's aspect. It's like quantum leap. Well, we came up with that like yes. independently. Like yes. I described that to my wife like, oh, they got to, you know, because Sam Beckett was traveling <laughs> through time at the behest of God, time, fate or whatever. Yeah. As they as they said <laughs> on the show. So that's that's the show that it reminded me of. Yeah, and we always wanted like another season of Quantum Leap. I think we've we've got it here. You know, it, it's maybe it kind of reminds me of that. You know, um, I I like the three leads. I think they have really good chemistry. They do. It they does. Really do. It does kind of feel like a bland CBS show, though. I wish it was. I wish it was better. I wish it yeah. transcended Millennial, touched by an angel. Yeah, it does kind of feel that I, way. It, it, I wish there was something to make it stand out. You know, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's not yet. That's not to say there won't be. Uh, it's only half a season old. Yeah. Um, and there's a, a twist at the end, which you know, like who's behind the God account, yeah. and then someone comes out and says, "Okay, it's time for the truth." Yeah, you know, I didn't know who that. End I didn't know who that lady was, but they seemed to. Maybe she was yeah. in an episode. I didn't. I didn't watch all the episodes. Yeah, I, I watched. Th- I think I missed five that one of, too. Uh, five or six. Yeah, I I watched like eight or nine plus the the last okay. episode. The last episode is really good because they get to the heart of the the um, Miles conflict with him and his dad. It's like you know the death of his mother. And he's God. See, the God tells him to friend this person, gives him a friend suggestion, and as soon as he friends this person, he's got to help him solve X problem that's in their lives, and that makes him better. And that helps him solve like who's behind the God account because it's uh, they figure out the, the Fibonacci sequence, uh, the the Fibonacci spiral is, and that was a conceit in one of the episodes, or they helped two people reconnect because of the Fibonacci sequence and everything. It was really weird. But it 
it's you know enough it's the da vinci code kind of stuff that yeah <laughs> that who's behind the god account kind of thing is uh so it, it's got a, a, a tinge of touched by an angel uh a dash of quantum leap just a, a smidgen of uh da vinci code in there <laughs> you know i think uh. maybe there there there's too many things and that's why it feels a little bland maybe but uh for our for our listeners who may not be familiar because this is from a couple years ago robert and i have a moratorium on the dan brown movies because they have nothing to do with religion (laughs) no they don't (laughs) they're religion ish i i i adamantly refused to da vinci code religion is the MacGuffin. yeah so but anyways where where were we going before we I, let's, I, got sidetracked? Yeah, it's there, 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 there's too much going on. I think. I yeah. think uh, the thing that keeps me going is the the acting and yeah the the honest kind of love you feel between the characters and yeah you know will they won't they sort of thing. So and and can I just say I was I was looking forward to after watching that movie last night and this morning. This I watched I, I didn't I watched the movie last night. I watched uh, some God friended me this morning. Um, it was a very good. It was a good palate cleanser. Yeah. From from the the heaviness of the movie. Yeah, yeah. It it has uh, a good dose of humor in it, and um, it, it's really a fun show. I mean, they they'll delve into some some deep things, but uh, they re- resolve it in in a good in a good way by the end of the episode. So, uh, I I enjoyed it. I it was. It wasn't uh, preachy. It was like there was. It, it's not like completely Christian either. Like there's oh, the one t- time he was helping this Islamic family. Um, the daughter wanted to marry a Jewish guy, and they were delving into the whole family there of uh, of those who believe in the the God of uh, Abraham. <laughs> so it, it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. It's very. It's a very millennial show. <laughs> yes. Watch the show if you have a high tolerance for the young of today. <laughs> well, it's uh there you have the the modern mindset that you know there is no god, there's only science. And then you have the postmodern who's like, "Well, I accept science, but there's got to be more to life than that." And I think we're we're getting into sort of the the millennial belief. I don't know what they're calling it now. But the next phase, like beyond postmodernism, um, which is, you know, it's all okay, which I don't know how well it's going to work because, you know, we go through these patterns. Um, It'll all be different in 15 years. Yeah. (laughs) Get off my lawn! (laughs) So your final judgment on uh, God Friended Me. Um. It's a perfectly enjoyable show. It's it's snack chips. Um, I hope it gets better. I, I don't know if I'm gonna keep watching it, but I will uh, keep an ear open for like what happens on it, and you know, who knows? Maybe it'll be a huge hit. But it's it's perfectly likable. Yeah. Well, it to me it depends on how they resolve the question. That they post at the end, like who's really behind oh, the God account? They're never gonna clear that up. They're yeah. gonna drag that. It's it's gonna be God. That's that's what it's gonna be. There's there's not a person. Yeah, and I guess that's what that part kind of annoyed me with how much they kept hunting for the God account. It's, yeah, it's gonna be God. Yeah, 
there and is no person they're gonna find. Yeah, I, I, that's one mystery box I don't think they should open because once they start explaining, yeah, they're it, just gonna keep. It'll kill the show. Yeah, they're gonna keep. Yeah, like dragging it out. I think. Yeah, yeah, I think they should because in Quantum Leap they never said no. I specifically who I disagree. Was behind. I think I think they should just accept. I think they should stop looking for who's behind the God account, but that fills airtime. Yeah, that's your so. that's your yeah because you have your A B C and D plots going on. Yeah, all this time. So yeah, that keeps it going. It, it, if it was a half hour format, and, maybe you wouldn't need and that. You to know? be fair, I think that's what the characters would do. But yeah, I'm in the audience, and I feel, and maybe I'm wrong. I feel it's going to turn out to be God. So every time they talk about looking for the IP address of who's behind the God account, I feel like they're wasting time. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because at one point, I, I think you may have missed this episode. It's the one where Islamic girl is going to marry the yeah. Jewish guy. Yeah. Uh, uh, Rakesh had finally he found the server. was hack, He finally hacked the code, and all it gave him was, like, uh, a couple numbers, and they figured out, oh, it's 902... Uh, and, oh, it's this line. At, it's it's a train at the the station. It was the train that um, they told Miles. He was like, "Oh no, um, this girl's gonna run off and elope with the Jewish boy." So they they ran off to the train station. They found him. They stopped him. And the guy said, "Oh, it's okay. You can marry him. Let's just get everyone together and do this right." So you know, it was a happy ending. And but you know, they thought they got the answer but it wasn't the one they were looking for you know <laughs> so and this is cool which i think will lead into what you think uh, that it is god was the, the the father that islamic father was a cab driver and he's like well this is you may you're the atheist miles but you know i think you're using uh, you know god's using you you know just because you don't believe in god doesn't mean that god doesn't believe in you because this is the second and that was a direct quote and he's like this is the second sign i've gotten from god and he's like what's that well a few weeks ago there was a car accident and uh this girl had gotten hit by a car in the middle of the street <laughs> and the doc the the guy in my cab was a doctor he ran out and helped her i, I wonder what happened to that girl and and miles is like she's okay he's like really and she's and um, Kara says, "Yeah, because that was me." So it was, <laughs> and, and I think that was yeah. that was well earned because it was like halfway through, and it it's not like, it what was it? It wasn't God's not dead. It was one of those other ones that we did where they they tried to fold that kind of coincidence in, and it just it was by the same studios by the. Uh, and it, it like had the guy who played Pastor Dave in it and stuff. And was, it, was it one of the roundup ones? Yeah, it was one of the roundups we did. I can't remember the title, but it, they tried to fold all that coincidence in, and and it, it it just felt like like a big cheat. And this one felt more earned, you know. So that's why I like this show better than so many of the other like faith based shows that we've looked at because it. It, it it kind of follows the trail and the breadcrumbs instead of like forcing it on you. Like you're going on this journey, you're not like you know s stumbling through it. Like oh geez, here we go again. Yeah, I've seen this before, so it, it's nice. All right, so I think it's time to address what we're going to do next time. After much debate and searching, uh, we are. Uh, we are going to do a movie that we uh, had, I think we've mentioned it, but never got around to actually doing it. Uh, we are going to watch the film version of the 
popular faith-based novel. Is it popular? Yes, it's uh, very the, popular. The yeah. popular faith-based novel, The Shack. And then in TV Corner, we're going to shake things off just a little bit. We're going to watch a couple episodes of the newer Father Brown TV series on Netflix, only because it's on Netflix and readily available. Yes. But we're, we're kind of also going to talk about the trend of crime-solving clergy members. So yeah. uh, look for that at some point, hopefully in the not-too-distant future. Yeah, because, I mean, if you watch enough Brook Box, you wonder why there's anyone left alive in Britain at all. <laughs> or if the police actually do any work. Yeah, I know. I mean, come on. Everyone's like a poor Lestrade in, in <laughs> if you believe what, what's to be yeah. had in England. I mean, wow. Yeah. It's, uh, it's kind of crazy. All right. So that is for next time. And until then. This is Robert saying keep the faith. And Mike saying peace out. <laughs>